in to the Friday edition of the show. Jason Ross here with you on Sports 1140 KHDK. Checks the clock. Wonders what's going on. We're here. It's it's three, right? Uh, it's almost four. Huh. It's Feels almost. Like I it's, missed an hour. We missed an hour, and I apologize for that. Uh, something I will say. Uh, I'll get into it in just a second here because I've never had anything like this happen ever. Um, but. Today, in our time now that we have left, two hours to go, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, in just a few moments, Tim Neverett, author of COVID Curveball, but more importantly, he's the Dodgers broadcaster from the Dodgers broadcast team. Uh, he is going to join us because uh, we are here. We are here to Dodgers and Giants game one tonight. This series is going to be fantastic. It's fantastic. Look forward to that coming up. Uh, he is going to be joining us in a few moments. Also... We got to get into the NFL weekend that got started yesterday and certainly some news with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Looks like a ruptured middle finger tendon. He's going to be out maybe at least four to eight weeks, somewhere in that range. So we will discuss that today. Uh, the Giants perspective, we got to get that from a guy, Dave Fleming. He is going to join us at five o'clock and then uh, we'll wrap things up uh, before we get out of here at six and also keep you up to date on all things uh, with our Sounders and baseball scores. Four games today in baseball. We've already had an Astros win over the White Sox, 9-4. So they got a nice 2-0 series lead. And right now the Brewers uh, lead the Braves 2 to nothing. Uh, as far as us here on the show, uh, do apologize for being late. Uh, I told you, Chris, a little while ago, you came in, you saw, I don't know when you got here, 12, 12.30, something like that? Yeah, around there. Yeah. And you said, boy, I didn't need to make you cry. And I said, yeah, there's something going on. I uh, to, to tell the quick story, I was over interviewing uh, the Sac State football coach, Troy Taylor, for tomorrow's football game and was leaving the the road facility there, going back to my car. And there was someone near the track that was, I don't know, he was sawing something. Like, I don't know, he was doing his job. He was working. Nothing really bothered me, to, to my knowledge. And I was walking by him, maybe, I don't know, as far as Chris and I are away right now, 10, 15 feet away. And when I passed him, I went, ooh, you know, sometimes you ever get a bug or something in your eye. And it felt like I got something in my eye. I thought felt like a bug. And then I go, oh, man, I can't get whatever this is out of my eye. And anyway, moved on, just couldn't really clear it. Just, gosh, it's somewhere somewhere in my eye. I can't get rid of this thing. So I was close to home, went by there, tried to get flush it out, all that stuff, then came back to work. And it was just really bothering me. And I said, I got to do, I, I got to go get this looked at. So just went over to a quick stop to urgent care. Uh, they were great over there. Thank you. Um, but it turns out I do have a abrasion, a scratch on the uh, on the old cordia. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Never saw it. Little piece of fleck of wood, I guess. Uh, of course you didn't see it. Something's in your eye. Yeah. There you go. So I'm having a hard time opening my eye. It was great. They gave me drops right away. I go, oh, that feels great. She goes, yeah, these will wear off in about 30 minutes. Think about that, Mark. Think about that 30-minute mark. Um, anyway, the show must go on, right? We're going to go on. We're going to have a good show. And today on the show as well, we are going to have your final ch- uh, chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles coming up next week at Golden One Center. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. So, again, plenty for us to get to, but I am so amped, so excited for Dodgers and Giants. We got it here. We made it to this point. 
And I know for before the season even started, I didn't think we'd be here. Now that the season went, I'm glad we still got this matchup. I know there's Cardinal fans out there that obviously wanted them to win. And a portion of you Giant fans probably that said, oh, man, I'm afraid. I don't want to see the Dodgers. You may not want to, but you got them. And maybe you take them out, which would be nothing more uh, sweet and satisfying than that. So we're going to talk to Tim Neverett here about kind of the Dodgers circumstances here. What What's it looking like for L.A.? I mean, we, we've done so much of this year about the Giants' perspective, and understandably so, kind of the un thinkable and unfathomable season that they've just had but they deserve to be here and the Dodgers kind of went through more ups and downs I would say than the Giants more inconsistencies and more injuries and even additions of Scherzer and Trey Turner have been huge pieces to the puzzle there for what the Dodgers are doing and yet they push the Giants all the way to the end all the way to the finish line and the Giants held them off and ended up winning that 107th game. Dodgers winning 106. This is going to be a classic, classic matchup. Absolutely looking forward to this uh, today. Uh, baseball, like we said earlier today, uh, the Astros take a commanding 2 nothing series. This is a bad one for Chicago uh, because at one point they had a 4-2 lead through the top of the fifth. Well, then the uh, Astros tied it and then score a five-run seventh. And so Houston now, one game away from advancing to yet another ALCS. As they've got a 2 nothing series lead, the series will now shift after a day off tomorrow to Chicago. Do we have a live update in one of the games? Is there a live update? Uh, Do you want a live the, update? I believe the Brewers just hit a monster home run. Okay, well, right now it's a Brewers score. Let's see. Well, I know we've got Sounders. I've not heard the Braves or the Brewers Sounders yet. Um Nothing has happened for the Braves, but I want to fire it just so I can hear it. Is that fair, Chris? Sure. Okay. I'll allow it. All right. He's allowed. Nice. That's from the Braves. If Bre- they were to do something. If they were to do something. And then uh, how about the Brewers? We're not that drunk. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, but the update you're referring to uh, is 2 nothing. Brewers with the lead. That one is in the top of the eighth. And the Brewers are a team I said to watch out for. They've only allowed two hits to the Braves. Braves have only allowed four hits, but it's a 2 nothing advantage. And then also right now underway, top of the first, Boston and Tampa Bay. And if we have anything uh, exciting to play for the Boston Red Sox, it'll be this. <laughs> <laughs> changed it up on me. And if anything happens for the Rays, it's this. My house is right on the water. It didn't used to be, but the whole city is a swamp and it's sinking into the ocean. Okay. So Tampa had a, a thrilling game last night. Randy Orozarena was incredible. Absolutely incredible last night to get that series started with a one nothing series advantage. But we got to talk Dodgers. We got to talk Giants. So much anticipation for this. And uh, Tim Neverett's been so uh, patient with us here. We appreciate him uh, ready to join us here. Tim, how are you tonight? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I know we, uh, um, you've, you've covered baseball for a lot. You've been with different teams now with the Dodgers. What does the rivalry at this point mean to you? Well, it's special because it goes back to New York. Not that I was around when uh, they were playing back there, but, <laughs> you know, they've gone from cross-town rivals to cross-state rivals, and 
the interesting thing is that they've never played against one another in the postseason, believe it or not. It's, it's almost hard to believe that that's the case. But, you know, the games during the regular season, especially this year, with the way the Giants got out of the gate and then you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and it just never did. Uh, they had the most surprising season, surprisingly good season uh, out of any team in baseball. Uh, you know, 107-win team against 106-win team. And this really is something that re-energizes this rivalry. And I think it's just going to be a great series. You know, Tim, I'll tell you, I grew up in Southern California and been up here now a long, long time, 30 years. But I felt like as a kid, the Dodgers-Giants rivalry, like for the Dodgers at the time, felt like it was the Reds. I mean, this is, we're talking late 70s, early 80s. Um, Giants fans, it's always felt like a rivalry with the Dodgers. Where is it on the Dodgers side now, now that the Giants have, you know, won the series in 10 and 12 and 14, and then this year, does it feel legitimate down in Southern California too? Oh, it definitely does. It's always about the Giants. And, you know, what's funny is at the beginning of the season, I think there were a lot of uh, folks in the national media that tried to push the Padres as the Dodgers' rival, but the, the Dodgers are like, who? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't really work out like some of the national pundits had hoped because of the fade by the Padres. And granted, they're a lot closer geographically, but because of the history of these two ball clubs moving out west together and and having some great matchups over the years in in both cities, both in New York and in L.A., San Francisco. Uh, it, it's always been the rivalry. I mean, you know, parents here teach the young kids don't like the Giants. <laughs> um, I, I actually had a request today. Uh, somebody asked to, to, me to sign a book for them that I wrote, and uh, they said, please, it's for my son. Please put Don't Grow Up to Be a Giant Fan. Wow. That's great. I mean, there's, so there's that kind of venom down there. We know it's up here for sure, and we will get into your book as well. Well, let's start there, Tim, with the book. I mean, you uh, chronicle the World Series season, but it was a, a unique season, obviously, last year for everybody, for the world, uh, in, in broadcasting with uh, doing the games through this COVID scenario. Um, kind of tell us the genesis and the thought process of, of the book. Yeah, because uh, we knew it was going to be unlike any other season. So in quarantine, I figured I better start keeping a journal just in case. So I caught up with what happened in spring training before that was canceled. And uh, then each day as I returned to L.A. and we got back into summer camp and then into the games and everything else, I chronicled it every day and how different it was, uh, not only from the broadcast booth, but from the field of play, from just being in the city and the things that we had to do as broadcasters and, and, the, and the players and staff had to do just to be able to put on a game and provide a distraction at a time when our country needed one the most. So uh, I think that it was a, you know, obviously I'm not spoiling the ending by telling you they won the world series, but that was sort of a, I mean, I had no idea when I started writing it that that would be the case, but because I wrote it every day, uh, you know, got all these behind-the-scenes stories, inside stories, and things like that. And uh, I was able to finish the manuscript a week after the World Series ended. Wow. So we were able to get it out by the All-Star Game this year and, and uh, as a pre-release. And then it was released in late August. And, you know, now it's available on Amazon or wherever you get, get your books as an audio book. And then because COVID is still around, we don't have book signings. So um, we offer those over social media, like on if you, people hit me up on Twitter or or Instagram, like, you know, that's what this other person did today. They said, Hey, I want a book. How can I get it signed? I said, sure. How do you want it signed? He said, tell them, 
tell my son never to be a Giants fan. So mm-hmm. I said, okay. That's <laughs> I fantastic. Guess I'll write that in the book. That's fantastic. So that's kind of the base of it. Yeah, it's COVID curveball, an inside view of the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers World Championship season. And as that goes on, you know, obviously very well, Tim, about the postseason. You, you just never know. Dodgers were the team to beat. But uh, how nervous were you last year if we look back at that when the Braves were up uh, three games to one? Yeah, they were pretty nervous. I mean, I I, th- I actually think I was more nervous than they were because uh, they were pretty cool customers, quite honestly. And, you know, when they were down and they had to play game five, it was just like any other game. And then game six, like any other game, game seven, it wasn't any other game, but they, they sort of took that mentality like they couldn't lose. And that was really, I think, the one time when they won game seven, I said, there's no way they're losing the World Series now. That they came back from 3-1 down to a really good Braves team. And, uh, you know, it took a little bit, but, uh, you know, six games and you know, all the strangeness that happened in the World Series, too. But uh, they finally got it done. And first time since 1988, they've had a championship. Yeah. And now they're back trying to defend it. Uh, they had to, a bizarre season a little bit, too, because they were the favorites. They're loaded. The injuries uh, kind of up and down the lineup and, and then kind of oddities. I mean, what happened to Bellinger this year? It just seemed like he completely forgot how to hit as such a young, talented player. What would you say was the crux of, of his issue this year? Yeah, that's a, that's probably one of the great mysteries of the world, to be honest with you. I, I don't know, other than the fact I know finally, finally, finally in September, uh, he changed his batting stance and his batting approach, and he's actually seeing dividends now. So the funny thing is, is that if he has a great postseason run, everybody's going to forget about the regular season. <laughs> it won't matter. But yeah, I mean, finishing the regular season batting a buck sixty is not what anybody had in mind for the 2019 National League MVP, uh, who just was swinging and missing at fastballs down the middle over and over and over again. And the more he missed, the more pitchers threw him, and the more he missed. Uh, he just, for whatever reason, just couldn't make contact like he was before. Defensively. He's as good as he's ever been. So that's why he's in the lineup right now. Plus, he's been contributing. He was a huge contributor offensively in the wild card game a couple of days ago. Yep. So, you know, they're looking more of, you know, more from him. He doesn't have to hit the ball eight miles. They just want him to get a base hit every once in a while. You know, and during the season, Tim, as we're talking with Tim Neverett, uh, Dodgers broadcaster, does play-by-play. Also, check out his book, COVID Curveball, an inside view of the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers World Championship season. Uh, when the Dodgers made the move, the bold move to get Max Scherzer uh, and Trey Turner as well, it turns out that Turner has been unbelievable, the addition there. But um, what did you feel like when those moves were made? Do you think like that was going to put them at least over the top and get them past the Giants, even though it, uh, they fell one game short? Yeah, I did think so. I thought that was going to be exactly what the Dodgers needed to do that. Um, you know, and it, it, there's a couple of games I look at in the series, though, uh, before those two arrived, one was the game that should have ended on a Darren Ruff check swing and, and was not called strike three would have ended the game. Dodgers would have won. Giants ended up coming back to win that. And then when Mike Tockman robbed Albert Pujols of a game winning home run, uh, that was another, another big play I look at in the series, which could have flipped the series around and the division Two little things like that could have flipped the whole thing around. Uh, the Dodgers didn't do well in extra innings games, by the way. That was really, I I thought, their Achilles heel this year was how poor they were in extra innings. They finally got it figured out later on in the season, but the beginning part of the season, they'd lost 11 in a row in extras at one point. And, you know, I think that was a a major problem for them. They didn't do as well in one-run games as they had expected to. I think they finished uh, even Steven in 
like 25 and 25 or something like that in one-run games. But they won a lot of them later, once Scherzer was there, once Turner was there. But I thought getting those two guys would definitely put them over the hump. And, you know, you're looking at a Cy Young candidate, an MVP candidate, a batting champion, a stolen base winner, stolen base crown winner, uh, and a guy who had more hits than anybody else in Major League Baseball. So, um, and even though Max Scherzer didn't pitch as well as he normally does the other night in the wild card game, the Dodgers have not lost a game that he has started, not one. Absolutely incredible, that stat. And then we get to this series now. Uh, when you look at the breakdown, it looks so close all the way through. Obviously, the records were close. The regular season matchups were close. These are two very, very good teams. What do you see, Tim, as a maybe a deciding factor or an edge here for one side or the other? Keep Chris Bryan off base is one of the things. Mm. And also, uh, you know, don't let late, late, late night Lamont do any damage. <laughs> because that guy is having a career year and that's what's happened there. You know, like they've, they've had a lot of guys who put together career years or close to career years. And that's what it takes to, to have a great season and win a world series as a team. You know, Brandon Bell was having a career season, you know, so was Max Muncy, but both teams will be out, will be without their, their regular first baseman for the series too. So it's not like you can handicap it that way. I, I think that the giants just have done a wonderful job of making the most of every opportunity and, I mean, you follow them, so you know they have snatched victory out of the jaws of yep. defeat. I don't know how many times. And, uh, you know, our games are over, and we turn on the Giants games. You're like, how, how in the world did they win that? <laughs> you're right. They've, but, they've done it a lot. They've had a, they've had a magical season, and you've got to tip your cap to them. They really have done a great, great job. Let's go to game one tonight, the importance of that in a five-game I mean, it's important in every series, but certainly uh, tonight will be a big one to d- dictate the tone of this series. Walker Bueller going tonight um, versus Webb. What do you think about the matchup tonight? Well, I like Walker coming off of his last start against Milwaukee on the final day of the regular season. That was the Walker Bueller that everybody knows and loves down in uh, Southern California. (laughs) Punched out 11. Um, You know, they they just couldn't hit him. And I I hope to see some of that tonight out of him. I think I'm sure all the Dodger fans do. Uh, But uh, the last time he was up in San Francisco, he laid an egg in a game that the Dodgers really needed. And it just didn't work out. But he has pitched so well in big games in the past. Uh, For a young guy, in fact, the best game I ever saw him pitch, I think, was in 2018 in Game 3 of the World Series. He got a no decision. The game ends up going 18 innings. Dodgers win on a walk-off by Muncie. Took seven hours and 20 minutes to play. But up until then, they couldn't hit Bueller. And that's why the score was where it was. And Boston had uh, ended up winning the series in five games instead of four because of Bueller, but he really shows up in the big games and I expect him to do that tonight. Obviously the first two games in San Francisco games three and then four, if necessary in LA watching the game the other night, Tim, it it sure seemed pretty electric at Dodger stadium. How's the crowd been reacting to this team? Oh, it's been incredible. Yeah. The other night was wild. (laughs) It was really wild. Um, It was uh, just a a tremendous crowd, like 50, I don't know, 54,000 or something like that. And, it was um, one of those electric atmospheres. The atmosphere is always great at Dodger Stadium, but when you're talking about a winner-take-all, one-game playoff, and they win it on a walk-off, I mean, I didn't know if the walls were going to come tumbling down <laughs> or what, but it was just absolutely incredible. Uh, and you know what? They they hope to have some more big moments in the postseason. I think the Giants will have some moments during this series. The Dodgers will have some too, but uh, it's just, you know, this is what everybody anticipates. I know Dave Roberts uh, had said, this is what baseball wanted. They wanted these two teams to play, and 
here we are, first time ever, Dodgers-Giants, and it's a huge division series. And I know that on the East Coast there will be a lot of people staying up late to watch this one because it's just so intriguing. I know that they you don't want to overreact to the way this happened this year because it's kind of unique. You usually don't get the two best records from the same division. I think it was Evan Longoria that said, oh, it's too bad we're not facing them in a seven-game series. Does this cause baseball to do anything about that in the future, or is this just kind of a one-year outlier, you think? Uh, I think they're going to look at it, you know, because if this was the NBA, these guys would be seated much differently because they'd want to get the two best teams on a path to try to meet in the conference final and in baseball's situation, the NLCS, I think they'll take a peek at it. Just my guess. I have no inside knowledge of anything else, but no, these are the rules. This is what they are. And you didn't come in first place. You finished the game back. So this is what you get. And they won the wild card. Now they're ready to go for, for the division series and they're back to even with the giants. And, uh, you know, they'll see, you know, if you, I think honestly, one thing the Dodgers, if they hope to win the series, I think they need to at least split in San Francisco. I think they need to do that uh, when they're on the road and then they play so well at home and take their chances back at Dodger stadium. But, you know, just because you win the first game or you lose the first game, doesn't necessarily, you're going to win a five game series. Granted, it's a shorter series, but, uh, it, it doesn't guarantee a victory if you win game one. And for you, on an individual basis, Tim, how much fun is postseason baseball? Calling it? Oh, it's a it's it's a blast. Um, I wish we could be in San Francisco. We're still not traveling, so uh, that's that's the bummer part of it. But um, you know, it is what it is. Still, we were dealing with it. But it, as far as postseason baseball, I've, I've been calling it the last you know nine straight years with with the Pirates and Red Sox and, and now the Dodgers. So it's it's wonderful. There's nothing like it. You know, granted, you, you're sitting down. You know, you're going to get a four-hour game pretty much every night. But, yeah. But there's so much that goes into it. And you hang on every pitch, and every pitch matters, and every little thing matters. And when you have a little thing like an error or something, it, it turns into a huge thing. It gets so much more magnified than normal. So uh, we are all looking for October heroes. Uh, you know, the Dodgers have Chris Taylor so far, and we'll see. Uh, you know, who steps up for one of these two teams during this series. Well, your book is COVID Curveball, an inside view of the 2020 Dodgers World Championship season. You can get that on Amazon. Any chance of a, a sequel for 2021? You know, you're not the first to ask me, but I, <laughs> I will say this. I didn't write every day uh, for 2021, so it would be really hard to do. Plus, you know, chronicling a 60-game season is a lot easier than doing 162. So uh, I would say that at this point, no, but I would never say never in the future, but you know, uh, we're still still working on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's well, a lot to it. And, yeah, it takes a lot to do it. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Tim, enjoy the call. Enjoy the series. I think everybody will. Uh, thank you for the time, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Hi, Jason. Thank you very much for having me on. It should be a great, great series in San Francisco. Absolutely. We look forward to it. Thank you. That's Tim Neverett, author of COVID Curveball. Uh, again, check out that book on Amazon. It's a look back at the Dodgers 2020 World Series championship season, but also he's play-by-play for the Dodgers on their network. And uh, speaking of that, on the Giants side of things, coming up at 5, we are going to check in with Dave Fleming, one of our favorites. Dave Fleming uh, will join us. We'll get the Giants' perspective on this just epic series. I mean, it's going to be absolutely a fantastic series uh, that's getting started later tonight with Game 1. So look forward to that. Uh, we got a couple of updates for you. Let's uh, let's do it. Since we were talking to Tim, let's start with this. 
Yeah, the Braves scored. They got a run. They got a home run in the top of the eighth. It was Jock Peterson who went yard there. So the Brewers' lead is just 2-1, though Milwaukee is threatening for more. Um, And I think we need another update. It's Nomad Gassiapara! It's Nomad! Uh, love it, love it, love it. Boston has taken a 2 nothing lead. This is the exact response they needed. Got four hits in the first. They lead 2 nothing. as uh, now they're going to rely on Chris Sale taking the mound there. So uh, we'll see what the Rays can do in comeback mode. Um, earlier today, as we said, also in the National League, or in the American League, excuse me, uh, Houston got another victory. So they have a 2 Nothing series advantage over Chicago, and then still to come, it's the Dodgers and the Giants. Love it when four games are going on in one day. Uh, we'll have that again, um, well, potentially uh, next week. It just depends on how these series go because the American League after today will have the travel day. National League will be featured uh, tomorrow as well with game twos, and then you get a travel day for them on Sunday, the American League back in action. So uh, we could have some four games if we look at it potentially on Monday. So still lots for us to get to. I do really want to encourage you to check out the interview we have coming up with Dave Fleming. That'll be at 5 o'clock. Get his perspective on all things that are going on on the Giants side of things. And remember when we talked to Dave earlier in the season, you know, I think this would have been around maybe July. And we had asked him about how surprised was he about the season. He said, you know, probably a little bit. But he felt like coming out of training camp that the Giants were going to be better than people thought. And certainly they've proven that. I mean, they have proven to be, uh, they did that early, and then they've proven to be baseball's best team record-wise in the regular season. Historic year is done by this group. So the impact, though, of this series now with Scherzer getting pushed back to game three because he had to play in the wild card. You've got the situation with Max Muncy being out for the Dodgers. That that will be a big impact for L.A. Uh, but also Brandon Belt being out for the Giants. How much of an impact will that be? We'll talk about some of those things coming up uh, with Dave Fleming and maybe get his perspective on on even what we talked to Tim about. What is the advantage in this series? Where is the advantage in this series? I mean, it's hard to find. Um, I thought one of the areas would be Dodgers starting pitching overall, just the way it looks when you just talk about Scherzer to Bueller to Urias. But now that Scherzer gets pushed to game three because playing in the wild card, uh, you're only going to see him the one time. And that feels like that helps out a little bit for the Giants. So lots more to discuss on that series. Lots more to keep you caught up on in the uh, wild card, or excuse me, in the uh, DS series here in the National League and the American League. We'll do that. Dave Fleming coming up at 5. When we come back, let's get into the NFL this weekend. And the Niners, all right, you're going to work in Arizona trying to knock off the undefeated. And without... Jimmy G. We'll discuss that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK, Jason Ross here with you. Thanks again to Tim Neverett for joining us, author of uh, COVID Curveball, but also the Dodgers play-by-play broadcaster, giving us his perspective on that series. Coming up in about 30 minutes, we're going to be joined by Dave Fleming. Get the Giants' perspective on this massive, massive series 
that begins tonight with game one. A couple of the news and notes to pass your way uh, from NBA news. Chris was telling me this during the break. Looks like Kyrie Irving is going to be able to practice with the Nets at the Brooklyn facility. So you kind of ask, wait, how is this even possible? Well, the change in Irving's status is due to the city determining that the Nets training center can be deemed, quote, a private office building as opposed to an indoor gym. One of the many indoor facilities fall under the city's vaccine mandate that went into effect last month. Now, this isn't going to change the game scenario, but it will the practice scenario. And I, okay. I'd rather have Kyrie Irving in the games. A lot of times, a lot of the guys don't practice. So um, interesting that the Nets are still going that way as opposed to Kyrie Irving uh, opting to get the vaccine. But it seems like he is uh, making his stance very, very clear at this point. So what's the, what's the, what's the scenario? What's, the, what's uh, the scenario? Kyrie's in the house. Brooklyn's in the house. Uh, looks like he's at least going to be able to practice but won't be able to play in the home games. All right, NFL last night got started with week five. The 49ers were doing some scoreboard watching with the Rams and the Seahawks. Of course, the Rams won the game, and the Seahawks, just tough news. Uh, remember when Mike Bibby injured his thumb years ago and they called mallet thumb? There's there's that phrasing was being passed around today with Russell Wilson and mallet finger. Uh, ruptured middle finger tendon, and he is going to be out several weeks um, I can't think of, you know, a more important player to a team. There's not many more than Russell Wilson. Though Geno Smith came in and responded, played pretty well at times, getting the crowd to go, Geno, Geno. They were chanting for him, but uh, ultimately he threw the last pick. Game over, Rams win, and now you just wonder about the Seahawks season. After getting the great win uh, a week ago against the 49ers, they give it back with a loss to the Rams at home, but more importantly, the injury to... Russell Wilson. That's going to be a huge, um, a huge, huge issue. All right. We will continue with uh, some more football in a moment, but we got to give you another sounder here from baseball. My house is right on the water. It didn't used to be, but the whole city is a swamp and it's sinking into the ocean. Well, that's for Tampa Bay. And Tampa, after giving up two in the first to Boston, is now down 2-1, bases loaded, and one out. So they're threatening for more. Uh, the Brewers are up 2-1 on the Braves. That one's in the ninth. They're trying to close that game out with the Braves having a runner on first and one out. All right, let's jump back to football here. So the 49ers uh, get ready for this week's action. And we heard last week when Jimmy G got hurt, it was not sounding very good at all. And then early in the week, it was, well, maybe the injury to the calf isn't as big of a deal but there's a chance that Jimmy G could play by Sunday. Matt well, looks like that's not happening. He's going to be ruled out, and it's time for Trey Lance to get his first start as a professional. Pistol, shortened shotgun with a back behind Lance. He rides the mesh point, going to pull it now, and throw down the right sideline, wide open, Debo Samuel. He catches it 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! Debo Samuel getting the party started for Trey Lance. Well, it didn't much materialize after that. The party didn't continue very long for Trey Lance because um, it's tough. He's not ready. He's not ready to be the everyday starter for this football team. He's going to be forced into there because yet another Jimmy G injury. And so it will be his 
opportunity to do that this Sunday against an undefeated Arizona team. That's going to be a very difficult spot for him to be in, but that's the reality of it, and the sports world doesn't wait for anybody. So here you go, Trey Lance. Go try to get your first win as a starting quarterback against an undefeated team on the road. Look for Arizona to bring all sorts of pressure. What can the Niners do to protect him, to trick things up a little bit, to make it the most successful type of day for Trey Lance? That's something that we're going to have to continue to watch, predict, and monitor as he uh, gets ready for that chance. I I do believe in him. I do believe he will be great in the future. Um, And sometimes you just have to be put in that spot. He just did not play a lot of college football. And believe me, I think if the Niners, who invested all that draft capital to move up to get him, felt that he was ready to go, they would have started him. They put him into a couple of short down-and-distance packages, some goal-line situations, and then last week he had to play out of necessity. Uh, now it's it's his time. His time for whether it's a week or multiple weeks or a long time in San Francisco. It's exciting to see him get a start this weekend against Arizona. We got another update for you. My house is right on the water. It didn't used to be, but the whole city is a swamp and it's sinking into the ocean. Well, it's a Tampa Bay update. The Rays. We told you they got to run. 2-1 bases were loaded. Grand slam. Man, Boston scores two in the first with Chris Sale on the mound. And he gives up five in the bottom of the first. Absolutely killer there. So the Rays are going to be a really difficult out in this series. Um have a one nothing series lead and now a 5-2 lead as that game they're still batting in the bottom of the first. And if they win this game, it's almost impossible to come back from that. To like have to win all the rest of the games to win a series. Yeah, it is. Almost impossible. I can't think of a time it's happened. I think it's happened once. Hmm. You remember? Mhm. When? Uh in a division series or in a just a series? Um, well, I mean, this one, you'd have to win three in a row. That'd be tough. I don't think people can win four in a row. I think that's happened once. Oh yeah, it has. It has. And Boston's done it, but the Rays are stacked. They're loaded. They're complete. And again, they lead five to two. Uh, the Brewers trying to close out the Braves, at least in game one, uh, hanging on to a two one lead more on that, uh, here in a moment, if we get your update for you. Uh, but I'm anxious to see what Trey Lance will do. Really what, um, Kyle Shanahan and the offense will dial up and run and suggest a kind of game plan, let's say it that way. Because you hear times before where coaches would have scripted plays and set up for even experienced quarterbacks. Like The coach really wanted the offense to look like this for the first 5, 10, maybe 15 plays. I don't know if they're going to absolutely be scripted for Trey Lance, but I think you want to get into a situation where you're running the things that he runs best. Um, he's going to be looking at a lot of different defenses from Arizona if they're smart, and I'm, I'm sure they are. They know the importance of this game. I mean, think about it. You've got, if you're Arizona, you've already beaten the Rams last week. A great win. You now know that Russell Wilson is hurt for a certain amount of time. The Niners have lost a couple in a row, and they don't have Jimmy G, and you're playing a rookie quarterback. This could be the time that you get this division. I mean, it's a great division, and the Cardinals are part of it. But this is a great opportunity 
for Arizona this weekend, specifically this Sunday at home against a rookie QB. Now, conversely, I'd say the same thing for Trey Lance, an opportunity to show his overall talent. I mean, we, we've we seen some flashes from him. I remember the first couple of snaps of the preseason. I went, oh, I, I see it. I see what they liked. He's got a big arm, a bigger arm than Jimmy G. He can get out of the pocket and move and keep plays alive. It's just understanding the concepts of what a very intricate offense that Kyle Shanahan has and what he wants to run. Time and place, what to audible to, what reads, understanding pre-snap, post-snap, what Arizona's doing to you because they're going to trick up the game. And I bet there'll be several throws where Lance will throw it into a spot or to a spot that he thinks a receiver is open and doesn't see somebody. Now, whether or not that gets intercepted or if, you know, uh, is, is another thing. But look for some of those. Look for some from shakiness at times, but also look for some flashes of brilliance because that's the skill ability that he has. I mean, he truly is a gifted young talent. And I'm I'm very excited about what he can become. It's just generally that takes some time. It doesn't happen overnight. There's very few quarterbacks that just come in, grasp all the concepts, and just thrive from day one. Look at the other rookies around the league. They're giving you moments. I think Justin Fields going against the Raiders this week. We'll see some flashes of brilliance. Wilson last week finally had his first. I mean, not only did they win, he made some plays last week. And then you think about what we've seen from Trevor Lawrence. Same thing. Team's not good enough. Now for Trey Lance, he's on a good team. So he he doesn't have to do it all. He can rely on those around him. But just stay the course. Stay within yourself. Stay within the offensive game plan. And then the plays that you have to make, can you do it? And that's been a little bit of the issue at times with Jimmy G. Maybe not making enough of the plays that he absolutely has to make. So that's one of the games to watch this weekend. It's a great game, great weekend slate. We'll get into some of the others, including the Raiders and the Bears. Two other of my favorite games of the weekend. The Sunday Nighter with the Bills going to Kansas City. That's going to be a great game. And then one of my other favorites, the Chargers and the Browns. We'll get into some of those games uh, coming up. But first this. We're not that drunk. That's our Brewer sounder. Milwaukee gets it done. They close out that game. They win 2-1 to one over Atlanta. They take a one nothing series lead. So, Brewers win. They're up 1-0. Houston wins today. They're up two games to zero. They won 9-4. And after Boston scored two in the first, the Rays have countered with five in the bottom of the first, that game moves on to the second inning with the Rays leading five to two. Still to come, it's the Dodgers and the Giants game one. And at five o'clock here at the top of the hour, Dave Fleming, Giants announcer, will join us. That's all coming up as we continue right here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Once again, Dave Fleming joining us here in about 10, 12 minutes or so at the top of the hour to talk about this Giants and Dodgers series. It's going to be an absolute classic. 
Also in the next hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Eagles on October 12th. That's next week at Golden One Center. Kings off this weekend. They're back at it for preseason action next week. But the NFL is in full effect this weekend as well. And uh, it's going to be fun. We talked to you a little bit about the Niners uh, playing now with Trey Lance instead of Jimmy G. With Jimmy G being ruled out, here's Kyle Shanahan talking about Trey. When he got thrown into battle here, just running the offense and not really a specific plays, uh, that he got more comfortable as the game went, you know, especially going home and watching the tape after the game. I thought there was a lot of encouraging stuff. So he'll see some things out there that he's never seen before, but what you like about him and you know, stuff that he might not be ready for, he can overcompensate with some of his athletic ability and, to me, how competitive he is and how good of a football player he is. Yep, that's, again, what the Niners liked in him. So look for that this weekend. How can Kyle Shanahan... Call the, call the plays that he wants that best suit um, Trey Lance. Other notes of people out this week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, has been practicing, getting closer and closer. Uh, looks like he is not going to be in. Here he is talking about uh, kind of playing those quick turnaround games, those Thursday games in which uh, he's not a fan of. If you're going to ask me, I would definitely say I think I'm not alone in this, but i probably argue against them. I understand, though. I mean, it's part of the game. I'm I can sit up here and complain. I'm not complaining. You know, that's that's for sure. I just, it is frustrating sometimes when, you know, you feel like something could have been avoided with a little more rest, you know. But, you know, I'm sure if I got through that game 100%, I wouldn't be saying anything about it. So that's just me and my personal views. Well, and he's not the only one. Chris, I know you are a uh, fantasy football player owner that has Christian McCaffrey. He's frustrating because when he plays, he's great. He's great. I, I have a keeper league. I've had him for the last couple of years. Um but he, he misses a lot of time. One year he missed time. <laughs> Last year? Last year. And what's happened this year? Yeah, but the two years before that, he never missed a game. Okay. So so it doesn't happen all the time. You How many years have you had him? Just this year. So he's And he's played in what, two games? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't happen all the time. It was the right move to draft him. Oh, one. I'm not saying that. Of course it was. Of course it was. Um, I was hoping when he was practicing earlier in the week that he would go this week, but it doesn't look like it. I think uh, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're saying um, what he missed so much time last year, and then now some this year. But yeah, hopefully it's a, it's a quick return for him. As far as the other games to watch this weekend, uh, we were talking about earlier in the NFL uh, with the fact that uh, at least let's get into the Raiders a little bit. I think here is another opportunity for the Raiders to get right. Get right again. Monday night was not a good game. They addressed that they wanted to start fast. They did not. It was a brutal beginning to the game. And they did a good job of coming back, had an opportunity to tie the game when they were down 21-14 and driving with the ball. Um, Then they missed the field goal, couldn't get enough stops. Chargers were a little bit riskier than the Raiders, went for a fourth down, converted that, got another score, and uh, we know how the rest of that ends. So now when you get a Chicago team that's got a few guys banged up defensively and they're turning this team over to Justin Fields, this is a day where you go quarterback for quarterback advantage Raiders, though I like Fields and what he can become. Carr had been playing at a great level, and if the Raiders can find that balance of a running game that they had against Miami with Peyton Barber, they did not have with, with Jacobs, but still get a ground game, spread the ball around, score points, make this to, to a situation where you're getting in that high 20s, low 30s, and I don't know if the Bears can can get in that range, even against the Raiders' defense. So really kind of go for it and get after it and put the pressure 
on a rookie quarterback. I like the Raiders this week in that game in Vegas. I think the matchup's good, and I like them. Uh, some other games this weekend. I've been talking about this one all week that I'm really excited about. Uh, look for the defenses to dominate. The Browns and the Chargers, two top 10 defenses. They've played consistently good defensively. I think the worst Browns game was when they played the Chiefs to open up the year, but they've been able to get after quarterbacks like they did for Fields for nine sacks one week. The Chargers have been holding teams to season lows every time they seem to play them. So expect this one to be a Cleveland try to dominate the time of possession with that good running game. Defensively, getting more stops and getting the punting units out there. And kind of a classic old-school football game in a sense of ground game and defense. Now, I know the Chargers are going to throw at some point with Herbert, but they're coming off a week where Eckler was really good, his career-high rushing against the Raiders. So that's a game that has a lot of intrigue for me. I'm a big fan of both teams right now. I think there's more attention on the Sunday night game, and I get why because of the infatuation with the Chiefs' offense, but the defense has just been so bad for them. While the Bills, my Super Bowl pick, after a week one stubbing their toe at home against Pittsburgh, they found something. Defense with two shutouts, Josh Allen playing at a great level. I I think the Bills are winning that game Sunday night outright. Point spread, they're underdogs, but I think they go in there and win. And they're that team that has been looking at what Kansas City did to them last year in the AFC Championship game and what kind of adjustments can they make. How do they make this game different than last time? They got off to a a start where they were kind of behind Kansas City in that game, and once they kind of got themselves settled, they did just fine. But it took too long to get settled. Kansas City's been there before. They're just not quite right. They're They're still really good and still one of the favorites in this whole thing. But I like Buffalo this week against the Chiefs. A couple other games of note um, that are, I would say, a little bit more intriguing. Um, I know record-wise, Packers and Bengals are both 3-1. and Packers, to me, after week one, have have looked pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. And it's second straight week that the Packers have taken on a team from the AFC North. They took care of the Steelers. The Bengals are better. I just don't think they can match up well enough, even at home, against the Packers. And... Um, another one to check out is another division game, Giants and Cowboys, just because I like what Dallas has been doing here the last couple of weeks. Offensively, they have been so strong. Absolutely very impressive offensively. So I like that game for Dallas this week. Some of my other picks, uh, Monday night, look for the Ravens to take out the Colts. Uh, You have... Uh, it should be relatively easy, I think, for the Patriots against the Texans. I know the Patriots only have the one win, like the way they competed last week against Tom Brady and the Bucks. The Jags and Titans, disappointed in what Tennessee has looked like this year, and it looks like Julio Jones yet again has been ruled out, so that just has not quite worked for what the Titans envisioned with him. But Jacksonville's more of a mess. This whole Urban Meyer situation, it was a bad look for him, bad look for that organization, and it's also a personnel thing. I mean, they, they just don't have the uh, the weapons. So look for the Titans there. I like the Panthers at home against the Eagles with or without Christian McCaffrey. Saints and Washington should be a good game, but uh, take the Saints there. Tampa Bay, feel really good about that one at home against the Dolphins. Let's see, Broncos at the Steelers. 
still uh, kind of up in the air what Pittsburgh is going to be this year. I mean, it's just their defense should be good enough to keep them in games. Big Ben's been really disappointing. Pittsburgh's at home. This one feels like such a toss-up. I'm going to go a slight lean to Denver, but I don't feel great about that pick. Like the Vikings beating the Lions. Lions have competed every week, but just not enough. And then the Jets and Falcons playing early morning, Sunday, London, 6.30 start here. Um, Jets get that emotional win last week, first time. But I'm going to go with the Falcons in a close one uh, this week. So those are your football matchups this week. Still have baseball going on right now with Tampa Bay leading Boston 5-2. to two. That game is making its way to the third. But the game everybody in our area is curious about is the series. It's coming. The Dodgers, the Giants. We've already heard from Tim Neverett, Dodgers play-by-play guy. Let's get the Giants perspective. When we come back, Giants announcer Dave Fleming joins us on the show. And that's coming up right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.